With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. Two NASCAR podcasters that will not be changing teams next season. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is Cody Zeeb. I am Rod Gomez, And Cody, I, we're just going to have to like get a quick F1 type start out of this today because there, there's kind of no time to mess around. We, we, we sleep and news breaks, my friend. It's just that simple in this uh, in this sport. Yeah, uh, dude. Holy crap. It, it's just, it's loaded today. I got so many notes, so many things to say. Luckily, we're locked in for next year already, so uh, <laughs> you don't have to worry about us going anywhere. But uh, Kyle Busch, luckily it was not a, some, some uh, whatever token crap that, that Stewart was selling us before. <laughs> Officially announced today, he's obviously going to RCR. He will be racing the eight car specifically with Randall Burnett, the current eight crew chief and that crew. Tyler Reddick will stay with RCR. He will run a lame duck season. According to Richard Childress, it will be with a third charter, which Childress did not want to go announce yet, but it appears that they've got a deal to get a charter. Most of the speculation on that is either Rick Ware or Aspire charter. Um, I mean, honestly, they could run it as an open car and, and most likely be fine. You're pretty much guaranteed in most of the races other than the 500. But uh, but yeah, Kyle Busch in the eight car, there was a lot of speculation on, on which number it would be, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we pretty much knew at this point that, that RCR was a destination. Chevy was the destination. Uh, it, was, it was pretty funny. We talked on the recap show about the hold my watch incident. So during the press conference, Richard Childress walked up with a Rolex handed it to Kyle Busch and said, uh, will you hold my watch? <laughs> so I thought that thought that was pretty great. Uh, they brought Brax, Brexton, Kyle's son up, and, and uh, Childress gave him a piece of paper and, and a $100 bill and said, uh, here's a futures contract for you. So 
I think that that's something that that probably really drew Kyle to that. Obviously, Richard with his grandsons, uh, you know, Austin Dillon still driving in the three. Ty Dillon has run for Richard a bunch in the past. I think that he sees the family connections there and maybe a path going forward. Um, Austin Dillon was the one who apparently brought it up to his grandpa and said, hey, what about getting Kyle Busch here? He's the one who called Kyle Busch, sparked the conversation. So you never know. I mean, you know, we know that Reddick's the better driver, but Dillon is still, you know, the main guy. He's got the three car. He's Richard Childress's grandson. Like, you're bringing in a superstar, one of the best drivers in NASCAR history. Like, Kyle Busch is going to take over the show. You're going to be second fiddle to Kyle Busch from here on out. But Dylan, I mean, obviously has the, has the thoughts of the team in mind, wants the best for the team. Richard Childress Racing has won before. They won six championships with Dale Earnhardt. He, he won six of his seven at RCR. Kevin Harvick, extremely uh, successful there. We've seen many other guys, Clint Boyer, Ryan Newman. Uh, you can name all kinds of cars and, and guys. Jeff, Jeff Burton ran there for a long time. A lot of guys that have been there have been successful. We've seen the speed they have this year going to be an exciting new chapter i mean bush is getting older but he's still got plenty of prime racing years left so uh but yeah and then uh they they did not announce the truck team the deal i guess is not done yet but kyle said they intend on running next year as a chevy team working out the final details with gm is it going to be four trucks still is going to get cut back to two we don't know uh john hunter Nemechek and Corey heim are both toyota contracted drivers so unless their contracts were bought out, they will not be racing for Kyle Busch Motorsports next year. So more fallout from all of this. Uh, it affects those guys. I mean, John Hunter, one of the top trucks in the series right now. Um, and yeah, if you look at Toyota's presence has been pretty big in the truck series. They'll be down to just Thor Sport and the the Friesen team after after this year with most of the trucks in the field being Chevy. I don't even know if there's any Ford teams in the truck series right now. So interesting all of the obviously like fallout from this we've already started to see the dominoes rolling like it brought the reddit questions up what was going to happen to him they answered that um you know they say Childress at least says they have sponsors figured out wasn't ready to announce anything yet like he said it's not where you just have one one sponsor for every every race most of the time anymore so probably working out which races and details for that stuff um and then obviously ty gibbs to the number 18 I would imagine is announced in the next week or so something I did find uh, interesting. Kyle did say after, after the fact in his like one-on-one -on -one interviews that he was told at some point, the number 18 was not an option for him next year. So Joe Gibbs said, there is no more deal. There is no, we're not going to be able to work this out. You need to find a new ride. So that's very, very interesting. Uh, I get, you're getting a deal on Gibbs. I get that that he's obviously family. I get that he's the next coming of, you know, all these great drivers. But man, you could have him and Kyle Bush. Like, why is Mart why did you sign Martin Trucks Jr. to come back? I know that didn't make sense to me. Truex is gonna retire after next year, probably at the latest, anyways. Put Gibbs in the 19, keep Kyle in the 18. I don't know. Money, I guess, but all all just interesting and crazy. 
Uh, Rod is still here. Uh, he's shaking his head at me on the on the screen. So I'll, I guess I'll let him talk now. <laughs> nah, hey, listen, man. I was gonna let you go. You told me beforehand that you had a lot to say about it. So I mean, Cody's There's corner. So much, so much that happened. It's so just like domino after domino starts falling, and it's oh, it gets me excited. It's me ready to go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like Cody's corner, I was gonna let you go as long as you wanted to go on this one because this is uh yeah. And look, so when I when I was driving my my kids to school this morning, that's when the announcement was being made. And so I listened on on Sirius on the NASCAR radio, and it said, and I glanced real quick, and it said, uh, Kyle Busch, or no, no, it said uh, RCR to charter for twenty. It said four twenty three, but then I, it said RCR charter twenty three, and I thought, wait a second, I was like. How is that even going to work that they're going to take Michael Jordan's number from him? I was like, how, what? And I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I was so confused. And then, and then it dawned on me. I was like, well, next year's 23. They, they meant to say, well, charter for 23 season. I was like, okay, thank God. Cause I was like, I don't even know what that even means. What does that mean for bubble? What does that mean for uh 2311? Like, do they have to change their entire name? So thankfully that didn't happen. But in all of this, you know, you, you look at what Kyle Busch, we talked about a lot of the distractions that he had on the on the racetrack and, and feeling the pressure of this contract. Now, and, and I like I love what they said. I love I love what was said about we're not gonna go lay down, right? I mean that's that was to me the biggest thing where that's the takeaway. Like no one's gonna go lay down. Tyler Reddick's still gonna go after this hard because Tyler Reddick's a race car driver. Kyle, yeah, he may be lame duck now, but doesn't mean he doesn't want to win a championship either. So these guys are race car drivers. They're competitive by nature. We're, I don't think we're going to see anything different than we've seen all season long from these guys because they just want to go out and they want to win races. So I, I'm not and too worried the, about that. The key example of that too is Daniel Hemrick last year. Like We knew he was leaving Joe Gibbs at the end of the year for the Xfinity side of things. He still won the championship. Like Just because a driver is leaving, yes, maybe they're not as privy to a lot of knowledge, Maybe they're not getting as much information on future stuff, but those teams still want to win. Joe Gibbs would be ecstatic to have another championship. Like, yeah, he doesn't want Kyle Busch to win a championship next year, but this year, hell yeah, he does. So I don't think that that will affect that at all. No. And then as far as Redick is concerned, I mean, nothing stopping him from going out and finding something next year. I mean, you know, we already know he's going, he's going to twenty three eleven next year, but you know, at this point, maybe he goes and finds himself a nice little open ride uh, next year with somebody, or or maybe he does drive that charter car and just sort yeah, of. Rise it sounds, it out. I mean, the way Richards made it sound, he's already got a deal that's almost done, and I yeah, I don't because that was that was part of it, you know, was like it's amazing too, like how this all worked out. Like Richard Childress Racing has like the next superstar, Tyler Reddick. They lose him a year early because they don't extend like. And then Kyle Busch falls in their lap like, holy hell, you hit the lottery twice, like maybe even a bigger lottery this time. Like, damn. But but yeah, it's going to be interesting. So they're obviously, I mean, these charters are not cheap at all. They're very, very expensive. Um, so are they forming a permanent third team? Richard Childress has raced three, four teams before. It's not, I mean, we've seen a lot of these, you know, teams expand and contract over the years. At one point, Roush had five, full-time cars that all did really well. Hendrick had five cars for a while. I think four is the cap now, but it is, but Childress has run three before. So they're forming an entire new team. So is Reddick just kind of warming that team up for Austin Hill in 2024? 
a lot, I mean, again, a lot more things to come from that because you're just buying a charter for that much money, letting Reddick do it for one year, and then you're just going to turn around. I mean, I guess you could turn around and sell it, but that that would seems crazy to me. So I feel like it's setting up for a third RCR team. And I mean, I, I think they're going to get even more from Chevy now because you have a big name, a, the only multi-time champion in the sport in Kyle Busch. Like it's huge. Hell, I can't even go go kart racing for cheap uh, out there in in these boomers and these these uh, you know Scandias and stuff like that. I can even only imagine what it's like to put an actual car out there. So yeah, I mean you're right. I, I think this may be leading into and and I've heard that before too, where Austin Hill could very well be that that guy coming up next year for or I mean a couple of years after Reddick is gone and and taking that third charter. So. Oh my God! Like, can the news just stop? We have racing we to talk more about. Too. Yeah, two more, two more quick things. The schedule will release tomorrow. We're recording this Tuesday night, so Wednesday. This is late in the year. Generally, the schedule is out by now. I think the North Wilkesboro All Star thing is what was holding it up, but we will see the official schedule tomorrow. That's always interesting to look over, see what changes there are. Not a ton of changes expected. The only question is, does Texas get a second date because they're giving up the All Star race? Does Kansas lose a date? There's been a lot of talk about that. So we'll see um, what that entails. And then Jeremy Clements, if you remember in the Xfinity series, won the Daytona race. Um, that put him in the playoffs. He passed post-race inspection. They sent the engine to the R&D center, and it failed there. So he kept his win. Win was not eligible for the playoffs. They appealed that suspension. They won the appeal today. So that win is reinstated. So Jeremy Clements is now in the Xfinity Series playoffs. Ryan Sieg is kicked out. Um, and then Sheldon Creed is is was already, he was the bubble driver, and he only 13 points out. He was gaining on Sieg, looking like he, maybe he would get in there. And now he is 32 points behind Landon Castle, who is now the bubble driver. Um, and this is it for Xfinity, like, Bristol is the final race in the regular season, and then they begin their playoffs. It's it's 12 drivers for their playoffs. So that was a huge thing to happen today for the Xfinity side of things because Ryan Sieg is kicked out of the playoffs as of now, and Sheldon Creed, it's a much tougher road. He's almost in a must-win situation this weekend if he wants to get in the playoffs rather than just needed a few points to pass Sieg, which was doable before. Um, so huge, and we don't see a lot of these appeals overturned in general um but but this is why they appeal it and it it worked out for them and and they got the ruling they wanted so i guess they determined that whatever whatever was wrong with the car or engine did not uh give it an advantage and reinstated i don't obviously i don't think jeremy clements is going to do much in the playoffs but making the playoffs for a team like that uh you know basically gives them a for sure 12th place finish in the points a higher payout at the end of the season and that's huge for a very small family-owned team like that. So awesome to see for them. Um, but, yeah, I think I think we got at least most of the major news for the day. Until tomorrow's <laughs> show, and I'm sure we'll have more. <laughs> when, when a recap show and a betting show and a DFS show is not enough, Cody, we, we're going to need to take our show on the road, on the air, like live uh, at some point, just to break everything down. So 
Uh, indeed. Well, all right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and break down some bets for you for all three series again happening at Bristol. Some short track action going on. But before we do, are you thinking of joining WinBet? Well, now's the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Plus, WinBet has their own same gay parlay feature. Just click on the game you like or you like. Select Build Your Bet and start building a monster parlay there's so much to choose from and all you got to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash w-i-n-n-b-e-t to claim your free bet today offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 football fans the nfl regular season is finally here and as week two kicks off and you get ready to place your bets or lock in your fantasy team, you gotta check out the Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB that's got everything you need to get a competitive advantage. Elias Game Plan app is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats. That's the Elias Sports Bureau, the official statisticians of U.S. pro sports leagues, including the NFL. The app lets you access team and player stats. You get head-to-head team comparison and Elias key insights from their renowned research team. This app really is your one-stop shop for player news and league-validated player stats and team records. You get expert game analysis for betting, fantasy lineups each week, and of course, more importantly, showing off your superior sports knowledge to all of your friends and coworkers. New features available all the time, like player injury analysis and player impact reports. That can be huge when it comes to betting and fantasy tournaments. Look, we throw around a lot of numbers around here. We use them for NASCAR. We use them for football. We use them for whatever sport we talk about. We're always trying to back our bets with the most current and most accurate numbers, not just how we feel on a day-to-day basis, because let's be honest, I don't always feel the greatest, but when I know I have the Elias Game Plan app and all of their stats and all their research behind me, I know that my game strategy is backed by numbers, not just my intuition. NFL season's here, so don't wait. Download the Elias Game Plan app today. That's E-L-I-A-S. And right now, got a special offer for you when you subscribe. You get a 14-day free trial off a monthly subscription plan, but only if you use my promo code. That's SGPN. Find Elias Game Plan app in the App Store or Play Store. Use our promo code SGPN. Like I said before, short track racing on the docket for the knockout round of the big boys, but the trucks have been well within their own playoff race so far as they will take the track this week uh, for the, come on tab, open up the Uno, <laughs> now this is why I shouldn't have done that, the Uno uh, 200 presented by Ohio Logistics. Say that three times fast. That is the race that is happening uh, at the at the Bristol Speedway. So it's 200 laps on a half-mile track, and it's Thursday night, Cody. We've got Thursday night truck racing uh, for, for everybody this week. This is a crazy weekend. It's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So adjust your schedules accordingly. Yeah, yeah. That's You don't see that very often, but uh, all three night races, again, we talked about on the recap show, when we previewed Bristol short, shortly at the end there, like one of the most exciting tracks on the circuit covered in dirt earlier this season, the dirt's been cleared off back to the concrete surface. It always just provides such fun racing. One of the best tracks 
and to put all three at night. Love it. Thursday night, I know we got some Thursday night football. Bring up the dual screens. You get trucks. Truck night on a Thursday night and Thursday night football. A good game there, too. So, man, it's going to be another exciting weekend. Uh, I I really enjoy the night races. And, and hell, yeah, get, the, get it started early with the Thursday race. I love it. Crank it. Crank it. All right, let's get started with some bets. Here we go. Okay, jumping into my first one. I'm going to go with Ty Majeski over Ben Rhodes. It's minus 125. I had actually put this in the docket as Ben Rhodes over Ty Majeski <laughs> just off of looking at it. And then I started to look back, and I'm thinking, gosh, this is not the way it should be. Uh, so so I flipped it, and I went with Majeski over Rhodes. He's actually won the head-to-head between these two drivers in eight of the last nine races. I know that Ben Rhodes is last year's champion. He has struggled heavily lately. And it just it things have not been going his way. He had the one decent finish a couple weeks ago at IRP. I think that was two races ago. And if you remember, he was like 23rd before late caution cycled everything out and got him up there and got him that second place. Like that's his only decent result lately. And Majeski has been on the verge of getting a win. We've talked about it. He's been close a couple of times. He's been looking good. He's in true form. And and eight of nine races in a row. I can't look past a statistic like that. Um, and, and Rhodes has done all right here in the past, but even looking at that, it's been nothing crazy. I mean, he, he finished ninth here last year, 13th in 2020, then an eighth and a seventh. If you want to go all the way back to 2017, he finished fifth here, but but even that, not, not that great of runs for him here. So uh, I just, man, Majeski, again, eight and nine, the last nine races, I love the what have you done for me lately. Majeski doesn't have a ton of starts here before as he's obviously a rookie in the truck series, but uh, or I don't know if he's technically a rookie, but first full-time season. Uh, and so, yeah, Majeski over, over Rhodes uh, jumps out to me at uh, minus 125. Do you love it when your research just goes exactly against the way you want to bet? Like you, you... And, that, like, and that's why we do this because I just, you know, as I, was, I go through and I pick stuff out, like, Man, I like this. Like, I know Majeski's been doing good lately, but but like Rhodes, like he's he's been so good, and like I feel like he's been good at this track. And then I start looking back, and I'm like, well, he's really struggled a lot lately, and he hasn't been that great at this track. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll go the other way. Like sometimes the research does talk you out of out of what your heartstrings say or whatever it is. So, uh, but that's 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 why we do the research for you. That's why we. Bet with the numbers and not our intuition, right? Uh, backed by exactly. numbers. Uh, all you should right. know that by now with me picking Denny Hamlin to win a couple times. <laughs> that's definitely not my heart picking. <laughs> no, no, it is not. But your wallet's been happy with you lately. So hey, that's right. <laughs> uh, all right. My first bet in the truck series, I'm going to take my real favorite Canadian driver, Stuart Friesen, over Carson Hosevar at minus 110. Uh, yes, he is actually a, a Canadian driver for everybody out there who knows our Sheldon Creed joke. Uh, but here's the thing about uh, the the R and Friesen line at this. So I know that it's tough because R is a fantastic driver, and we've outlined this time and time again, especially given the fact that R in 19 starts has 11 top 10 finishes. You know, he hasn't finished outside of the top 10 very often, but you look at Sheldon Creed, 19 starts, 10 top 10s, still sort of the same sort of situation. Uh, Friesen has seven top fives. Kosovar or Hosovar has seven top fives as well, but 
this is where I'll turn to some of the track performance for this. You look at what Friesen's done in his six starts. He's got three top fives in his uh, six starts on this track. Carson Josevar finished sixth last season, 17th the season before that. But Friesen has a lot more track history here. And I just and he actually did finish better than Josevar did last year by two positions, mind you, but it still was a better finish. Um, and so I, I, I'm going to go with a little bit more of that track history for Friesen. And I think he needs to settle down. I mean, he's had a couple of uh, bad finishes. Actually, three out of his last four finishes have been outside of the top 11. He had a fourth place at IRP. Uh, but before that, he'd ripped off a fifth place in Knoxville, fifth place in Nashville, fourth place in Mid-Ohio. So, you know, a, a good run until the last few weeks here. Uh, but I think this is where my favorite real Canadian driver uh, jumps back on track and, and takes advantage of, of knowing this better than Hosevar does. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, as much as we love Hosevar, and as much as we've been on him and rooting for him, they have struggled a lot lately. I mean... Yes, he almost won last week at Kansas. Yes, he um, got got close. He got the second place. But that wasn't because his car was good. His car or his truck was shit all day, and they had to take that gamble. It almost paid off for him. They were close, but that was the only chance they had. Um, you know, He's been bounced from the playoffs now. Those Nice trucks just seem to really be struggling. Uh, like you said, I mean, Friesen has done so good here in the past with the fourth place last year. He's got a uh, second place finish here in 2018, another fourth in 2019. So, um, yeah, our favorite actual Canadian, Stuart Friesen. Uh, I, I I like this one as well. This was one of them I had actually considered um, before I went with my next one here instead. But but I I back you on this one and like it. Sweet. Well, I think we both like the same driver for this one, but different angles on it. So uh, hit me with your next one. Yeah, different angles, but but yeah, same guy, Zane Smith. Over Corey Heim for me, uh, this one is at minus 130. Uh, Head-to-heads in the last six races, Zane's won four of them. Both these trucks are always competitive. I mean, we know that 51 for, for Kyle Busch is always good, but Zane Smith has been the best driver, in my opinion, this season in the truck series. He's been consistent. He's been up front all the time, um, and I I just I cannot avoid continuing to bet on him. He Last year, he was in that 21 truck, which wasn't even a great truck, and performed really well throughout the truck race. Late, got a pit road speeding penalty, was sent to the back, came all the way back up and finished eighth. He was charging through the field. He was a very fast truck and good that day, Um, and he's in much better equipment now being in the 38 truck. So I really like Zane Smith this weekend. He, I believe, is co-favorites. I don't have it pulled up right in front of me, but yeah, he's well. No, he's damn. He's at interesting. He's at plus six hundred. I didn't realize yeah. that, but yeah. Um, but either way, I mean, we've we've talked about Zane Smith all season. He's been very good, and I like him to best time again this week, like he has for the last six races. I agree, and I actually think that he's going to finish inside of the top three, uh, and and I say this because of everything that you talked about, too, and, and as far as how uh, just absolutely dominant he's been all season long, 19 starts, he's got 16 top 10 finishes. He's only uh, finished outside of the top 10 in three races. He's only finished outside of the top five in eight races. He's got 11 top five finishes, three wins on the year. Look back at what he did 
decent stretch between Sonoma and Mid-Ohio, second place at Sonoma, third place in Knoxville, second place in Nashville, second place in Mid-Ohio. And then he comes back with a 13th at Pocono, but cut rebounds at IRP for a third. Richmond, he was ninth. Last week at Kansas, he was fourth. So right outside of the top three in the last couple of races. I mean, eh, ninth place, not right outside of the top three, but you know, at the very least, he, he's swimming around the, the top 10 and always within striking distance of the top three, as you can clearly see by those finishes, especially in that one stretch there. So look, Zane Smith, a lot to drive for, obviously, still playoffs going on. Love nothing more than to, to advance his position with a, a solid top three finish. And the, the what jumped out to me was that this is at plus 150. So, I mean, a guy that's consistently inside the top five, mind you, is at plus 150 for a top three finish at a track where he was sixth place the year before. So, I mean, I, I, you you know me, Cody. I love me some plus money bets. So if, if I can grab almost a, a sure thing as this, uh, I'm definitely grabbing a Zane Smith top uh, top three finish at plus 150. Yep, I love it. I mean, I just got done talking about him. So obviously I backed that as well. And plus money, you can't beat that. Jumping over to winners, Chandler Smith uh, plus 750. I think this is mispriced. He won here last year at Bristol. He won just two races ago at Richmond. He's won two of the last four as he won back in Pocono as well. Uh, he's one of those guys that doesn't have the flashiest of names, but for whatever reason, he's been doing well lately. I mean, again, we know those KBM trucks are always fast, always good. Um, but he won here last year, so he's shown he can get it done. Uh, plus 750. It's, uh, you know, his teammate, John Hunter, obviously is going to be at the top of the board like he usually is. Uh, plus 300, not super appealing to me. Again, we talked about where you can take your, you know, pick your spots with those kind of odds and stuff, but not for me this week. So Chandler Smith, plus 750. And then uh, Parker Kligerman, a guy everyone loves to root for. He's 25 to 1 as a long shot. Um, again, the 75 truck, they pick and choose their races. They only come to the ones they know they're going to have a shot at to do decent. We've seen him win on a road course. No, he is a long shot for a reason. I think some things would have to go his way for sure for this to happen, but he's a good enough driver on a tougher track to race on, and the, the equipment is good enough to be in position. We'll get some late cautions. The leaders have some issues. I think he could be up there in the top five. If you're in the top five, obviously you can get a win. Uh, 25 to 1 on Parker, Parker Kligerman. Uh, is my long shot. And of course, we all know that Cody's long shots are never necessarily long shots because nine times out of ten, they're coming through for you. So obviously... One, one last week with Bubba, that was a long shot. That I was, know. Wow, that was stupid that that was a long shot, but thank you, Books. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Appreciate that gift. Speaking of thank you, Books, this line already shifted in the time that it took for me to put it down on the document to now. So grab it while you can at whatever you can because it's starting to close up. People are starting to wise up to Grant Enfinger as the winner of this race. Got him at plus 700 on the dock. I'm looking now. He's at plus 600. So uh, make sure that you get down on this as soon as you listen to this because uh, I, I don't know that this is going to stay this close to, to being a good value uh, for much longer. Grant Enfinger, looking back at what he's done at Bristol, a fourth-place finish in his first start. Tenth place is second, but a fifth, a sixth, and a second to round out uh, his last three starts. He started on the pole here in 2020, and like we said last uh, last year, he finished in second here on this track. 
Look, man, Enfinger is riding some serious momentum over the last three races. He won at Indy. Uh, he got fourth place at Richmond, fifth place at Kansas. Again, Grant Enfinger, somebody who we talked about a little bit earlier in the season as being somebody who's, who's been hanging around and just kind of making a name for himself. And, in fact, we bet on him to, to win and came through for us. So this is another time where I'm saying that I think Grant, Grant Enfinger has a fantastic chance of winning this race, given the fact that, like I said, he finished second here last season, and he's just on an absolute momentum tear right now. Um, and, and I don't know that anybody's really got much for him other than maybe him beating himself. So uh, I like Grant Enfinger to win this race, and I'm crossing my fingers that, that we watch uh, his car, or his truck, rather, that 36 cross the finish line. I'm not that 36. Yeah, the 23. I uh, 23, close enough. My 23, bad. 36, basically the same number. Yeah, flip it around. <laughs> Canada, California. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> as long as you're somewhat close, it's fine. As long as I'm uh, but no, numbers. I love this. Actually, if Chandler Smith had not been my pick to win, Grant Enfinger would be second on that list. So I'm glad you put him on there. Uh, one thing to note as well, the trucks are down to the final eight drivers. There is four races left. This is the first race of the three races of the round of eight. If you win one of these three races, you are in the championship four race at Phoenix. Doesn't matter your points. It doesn't matter any of this. One of those three races is Talladega. So these guys want to get that win, get it secure. If you win this week, it does not, it doesn't matter with the next two races. You can, you can work on whatever else you want. You can try things. It doesn't matter if you wreck, you finish last because you're locked into that championship four. You've got to be in the final four to win. We've seen it last year with the Hemrick thing. Underdogs can win those races or the championships in those races. So very, very, I mean, we're obviously into it in all of these series. It's all important from here out. It's important, obviously, all season. But, I mean, this is crunch time. If you win, you're in the championship four. You can punch your ticket early. So, there's going to be some intensity. We, these truck drivers, we've seen it from them all season. They're some of the most aggressive ones in all three series. I think that aggression level is going to be cranked up even more, and we might be in for a for a hell of a night on Thursday. I'm I'm pretty excited for this race. Yep, I mean definitely going to going to be one of the more uh, entertaining of the weekend for sure. A lot of these young drivers, man, their their young tempers have not necessarily uh, caught up with their age yet. So we'll uh, we'll definitely have some fun watching that. All right, let's break down some even older young drivers in the Xfinity series when we come back for the next stage. But when we uh, let's just talk about some Fubu TV, shall we? Let's talk about Fubu. Got If you watch football, you got to watch FUBU TV. FUBU TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone Plus games in 4K at no extra charge. You get over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite show with the included cloud-based DVR Plus. No contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time right now. Try FUBU TV for free for seven days and get a 15% off your first month. Just go to FUBUTV.com com slash sgp that's f-u-b-o-t-v dot com slash s-g-p let's talk about no house advantage it's changing the game by offering the most dynamic 
fantasy platform available today. Play pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250k plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your still skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sport leagues, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app and get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Promoguide.us is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies and making consistent profits from sports betting. They've got daily updates on odds boosts and huge cash bonuses from all the major sports book. Their bet tracker shows an average ROI of 25% and... They've got a VIP Discord that puts an even deeper plus EV analog, uh, uh, plus EV, yeah, analyst right at your fingertips. I got to say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates, and they're some of the most informative in the game, more informative than me mispronouncing words, I'll tell you that. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but where you'll get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. If you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you're missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of it all is that Promo Guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed, better betting community. Go to promoguy.us and check out their 100% tracked, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. Once again, that's promoguy.us. You get consistency and consistency gives you profit. Let's move on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I know I use it for mine and Cody uses it for his. The SGPN uses it for just about every single league that they got. It's a game-changing product. It's unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. Over-unders are integrated into fantasy. This is the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. So not only can you enter a contest via over under itself, but you can also do so through your fantasy league's matchup screen. So Patrick Mahomes is your starting fantasy quarterback. Congratulations on your win this week. And of course, hitting that win bet five TD, the first QB to throw five TD props. Good for you as well. Uh, but you also did all of that. And now you're confident that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for over 250 yards against the chargers that you are going to go ahead and place that bet right from the league matchup screen. You don't got to press back. You don't got to do anything. Just hit that button, place that prop bet, and cash. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. Why am I so excited about the overrunner on Sleeper? It's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and we can all play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy Cody's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Not only do they have the NFL, but they've also got college football player props. So stop what you're doing right now. Download the Sleep app. Play the new over-under game. Have fun with your friends. And most importantly, make some money on your mobile phone. Just join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. Sleeper's going to automatically match that first deposit up to $100. Promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP. You'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right. Let us move on to some experience. Xfinity props. We have the Xfinity race, obviously, we said, happening on Saturday night under the lights. It's the Food City 300. 
Ah, man, another fantastic short race that all of these folks are going to be pretty pissed off about each other uh, in short confines. 300 laps on this half-mile track, um, about 159 miles, give or take. So a lot of beating, a lot of banging, but in the end, just a a lot of fun to be had on this race as well. So, Cody, uh, let's lock and load some of our favorite bets for this race. Let's do it. We're going to start right off. Noah Gregson, he's been on a tear lately. He's been my guy. Picked him last week to win. He did it. Uh, I'm going to go with him for a top three. It's minus 125. Again, he's he's been one of the best this year. Uh, I heard Dale Earnhardt Jr. on his podcast talking today about how Noah has just proved to him more and more lately why he's ready to be a Cup Series driver. We know he's going into the Cup Series next year. Um, if you look at the odds, <laughs> it, it's pretty ridiculous. Ty Gibbs, Noah Gregson, Justin Allgaier, are all three to one to win this race. And then it goes all the way to Barry at eight to one, Almondinger 10 to one, and so on. So basically these three guys are head and shoulders above the field going into a race like this. Um, and, and Gregson, he's proven he can get it done here before he won here in 2020. Uh, and again, just his track record lately. I don't need to go back over the races. He's been winning a ton. He's been getting it done. And even if he doesn't get the win, all he has to do is get in the top three. He's easily one of the best three cars and drivers in this race. So barring any issues, I don't see a reason he's not in the top three for this race. And a minus 125, too good for me to pass up on. I mean, look, I, we all love Gragson. And we love Gragson because that man never hesitates to show off the chest. He will always open up that uh, fire suit and, and exactly tell you, what uh, what he's got working on with. But yeah, I mean, I love Graxon too. Uh, so much so that I'm not going to skip over my, my next head-to-head and just kind of give you the Graxon head-to-head because uh, I, I picked Graxon over Allgaier. Uh, this is actually, Graxon is, is juiced at minus 105. So he's not even the favorite to finish over Allgaier. And I get it. I mean, I understand. We, we talked a lot about what Allgaier brings to the table. And you look at his last few races, he finished second at Kansas fourth at Darlington, uh, but then he had a 13 at Daytona, thir- uh, 38th at Watkins Glen, second at Michigan, uh, third at Indianapolis. So, I mean, look, Al has been on a tear, but uh, you look at what he's done at uh, Bristol so far. Look, he's raced 21 times, and he's got uh, 13 top 10s and 10 top 5s. He had an 18th place finish in 2020, finished fifth, he finished fourth. So, again, not bad. But Noah Gragson is just gritty. I mean, he, he's become one of our favorite drivers. We talked about it as well. Uh, back-to-back wins, a fourth-place finish at Watkins Glen, a third-place finish at Michigan. And not much is slowing Gragson down right now. And if, if you're going to tell me that uh, I'm going to get the better deal taking the hot hand over Justin Allgaier in Bristol with, like we said, tempers on the line and a lot of, of stuff going on, uh, I, I want Noah Gragson in that swag uh, over Justin Allgaier right now. I will comment on this one more in a minute. I obviously like Noah Gragson to finish in the top three. So, uh, I mean, a, definitely a case can be made. I've got a better case for uh, Allgaier here in a minute. So so we'll get into that in a few. Uh, jumping over to my next one, I got Austin Hill over Sam Mayer. Um to me, even though both of these guys are in their first full-time series season in the in the Xfinity series, Hill is the more veteran driver. He's been around a little longer, been in the truck series longer. Bristol's a tougher track. Uh, I expect it to be a little harder on the really young guys like Mayer is, 
Uh, Mayer has been performing well lately. I'll give him that. If you throw out the two road courses over four of the last six races on ovals, um, it's been Hill. No, sorry. five, Four of the last five and six of the last eight on ovals. For some reason, Mayer's gotten the better of him on road courses, but those don't really apply too much to a track like this. But Hill's gotten the better side of that. It's only minus 105, so not really juiced up at all. Um, we've talked about Hill throughout the entire season. Bet on him plenty. He's won us a bunch of money. He's been one of my favorite drivers to bet in the Xfinity Series. I'm not going to stop that here. Mayer, obviously, in a JRM car, but uh, but we've seen the RCR cars be strong. We've seen Hill get it done. And I think that being a little bit more of a veteran driver, uh, I, I like his advantage on a track like this. So I'm going to ride with Austin Hill over Sam Mayer at minus 105. I like Sam. Uh, I like uh, Austin Hill. Yes, we talked about Sam Mayer just uh, not necessarily finishing where we expect him to finish every single race. We think he's going to be better than he is, and then you look at the stat sheet and you're like, "Oh wow! All right, well maybe that wasn't what we thought we were going to get out of him." So, um, yeah, I mean Austin Hill definitely one of the go getters. We're talking about him for a cup ride next year. So you know, you just sort of, not next year, but a couple of years from now. See, 23. All this math is just it's throwing me off, man. I don't get it. But uh, Real quick, too, since we brought up RCR, for some reason it sparked my memory. In Kyle Busch's contract with RCR, he is allowed to run the Indy 500 in a Chevrolet. So it's going to happen. He's going to do the double in the near future. The Indy 500, the Coca-Cola 600, 1,100 miles racing in one day. I don't know why I forgot to say that earlier. There was so much to talk about. But just popped into my mind. That's going to be really exciting. Obviously, there's no set plans right now. Not necessarily going to do it next year. But he did get the stipulation in his contract for Childress to allow him to do that in the future if he wants to and has the opportunity. So his brother's done it. It's going to be really cool to see him do it. Anyways, that's off topic. (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. Uh, All right. So, yeah, I mean, that watching more Kyle Busch racing, I mean, not a lot of people are going to complain about that for sure. So... Uh, all right. Well, my next bet is I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Riley Herbst over Daniel Hemrick uh, because we've talked about being in a full fate of Hemrick. Uh, Herbst is minus 110 over Hemrick on this one. And look, here's the thing, right? We, we're just talking about being in a full fate of Hemrick, and that's it's kind of where this is going. And you look back at where Riley Herbst has performed over the last, well, his only three races here. Uh, he had 27th, eh, not much to write home about in 2020. Uh, 10th place the next race in 2020, but he finished third here last season, which was fantastic for Riley Herbst. We know that he's definitely a lot more talented of a driver than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, Hemrick may have won the championship, but over the last three seasons, not too much to write home about. 24th in 2018, uh, he had 6th place in 2020, and then 10th place in 2021. Uh, So, you know, a couple of top 10s, but... Again, we talk about what uh, what Hamrick has been doing lately, and it's just not necessarily something you're excited about as a fan. Last three races, or last four races, even you want to go back. Watkins Glen, 31st. Daytona, 19th. Darlington, 13th. Kansas, 15th. Uh, Indy Grand Prix, 22nd. Uh, so he had a decent finish at Michigan, but not what you're expecting to see out of the returning championship. Not quite the dominance that you want out of a champion. So... Uh, once again, you know, Hemrick is not necessarily a, a driver we're betting on, so it's good to bet against in that in this case. So 
Give me Riley Herps, young guy, over Daniel Hemrick. I'm 100% on the hate fade Hemrick train. I do it every chance I can. I love this one. Uh, and Herps, we've talked about it. He's a consistent finisher. Not going to be battling for wins every week, but he's going to get you solid finishes. Um, so I love it. Um, my winners, and I love your winner as well. I'm glad you took him. I was debating when I got to my long shot if I wanted to count that as a long shot. I didn't, so I'm glad you took him. So I feel like all three of these are great options. Again, the top three drivers going to be head and shoulders above the field. We've talked about this before. If, you, if you're going to pick one, you just got to pick one. You got to stick with them, and that's got to be your thing. You got to pick the one you want. I do like Noah Gregson to finish on the top three, but to Rod's head-to-head, Justin Allgaier, he's going to be my winner. It's only three to one. It's not super sexy. Might take a couple units on it to get it done for you, but – Allgaier has been so good on ovals this year. He's won at Darlington twice. He won at New Hampshire. Those are tracks that are either tougher to drive, shorter tracks. This is his kind of racetrack, his places that he does well at. Um, he's performed here well in the past. He finished fourth here last year, fifth in 2020. He's got nine top five finishes here. Um, he's led more laps this season than he ever has in his career. He's like 38 or 40 or something. I mean, he's been around a long time and things are really gelling. He is doing extremely well in that seven car. He's had a hell of a season and on oval tracks, specific, specifically shorter oval tracks, he has killed it and done really well. And so all in on Justin Allgaier, three to one. He's my guy of the favorites. Long shots. Like I said, I looked at Rod's guy a little bit, but Sheldon Creed again is 20 to one and really you get past the top three and then it's kind of some guys that could get it done. And, you know, in the Josh Berry, the AJ Allmendingers could get it done, but they're not necessarily the fastest week in a week out. Then you drop down to Sheldon Creed at 20 to one. We just saw it two weeks ago. He almost won the race. He was so close and he's due for one. He's got it coming soon. Um, and again, that was at Darlington, which is one of those, I'm not going to compare Bristol to Darlington because they're different, but a track that's a little tougher to drive on. And I think Bristol is that as well. And, and it takes the discipline. It takes all of that. And Creed has that. He's proven he can get it done. This is his last chance. We just talked about it. That Clements appeal really made it almost a must-win situation for Allgaier. He's going to need a lot of help if he doesn't win this race to get into the playoffs. This is his last chance. Missed out on a couple weeks ago. There's no cup guys in this field to take it from him. So if it's not one of these top three guys, specifically all uh, all guyer that gets it done, I think that that Creed can be up there and have a chance. And he's proven to us that he's so close to getting that win. Twenty to one, I I think is again mispriced. I don't think he should be that far of odds for as close as he's been to getting a win lately. Well, and it's funny because, yeah, if you hadn't have picked Sheldon Creed, I probably would have picked Sheldon Creed because, uh, you know, I, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be labeled as the the guy who always just picked Sheldon Creed because that's the name I, I know because it's it's etched into my memory that he's... How did I forget this? Sheldon Creed, of course, our favorite Canadian via can or via California. Via California. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I, did, I didn't want to be the guy they always pick Sheldon Creed because he's my favorite Canadian Californian. So uh, I'm glad you picked him because that was one I was looking at as well. It, but my my guy, look, I can't I can't get away from AJ Almendinger. Like literally, I don't know what it is about this guy. 
that has me so entranced. I mean, it's it's Jimmy Johnson-esque in a way, but I'm, I'm not necessarily as big a fan of Almondinger as I was of Jimmy Johnson. But I will say that I love A.J. Almondinger's chance to win here. Why? Because he did it last season. He started in 10th, crossed the finish line in first. He's actually got two top 10s in his Xfinity career here at Bristol. But look, you got to go all the way back to the middle of July to find a race in which AJ did not at least finish inside of the top 10. And in fact, of those races since Pocono, he's only finished outside of the top three, three times. Fourth place at Pocono, seventh at Michigan, and a sixth at Kansas. So he's got a win, a, a second place, and two third place finishes in that span as well. Going back even more, in 25 starts this season, 22 top 10 finishes. Three times all season long, he's finished outside of the top 10. He was first in points. Like, look, A.J. Allmendinger has done nothing to make me think that he can't win any race that he puts his mind to. Granted, he's, he's won three already this season uh, and, and 12 top fives. So, I mean, look, and plus his price. He's at plus 1,000. What? What? Like, Plus 1,000 for a guy that won this race last season and has been nothing short of fantastic over the last two months. So, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer for me to throw something on A.J. Allmendinger at his price especially. Yeah, you nailed it. And at 10 to 1, that's just ridiculous. He won here last year. Granted, I believe he only led one lap, which was the final lap, but that's the only lap that matters, right? Um, he is the regular season leader right now. Uh, he's got a 38-point cushion over Ty Gibbs, but he obviously can lock up that regular season championship um, this weekend, and he is not currently the playoff. I mean, he'll be third when the playoffs start because Gregson and Gibbs both have more points than him, so those 15 bonus points would be huge to him and that team. He knows that. He's going to put himself in position all day to be up there. We talk about it almost every week. Again, one of those guys you can just rely on to get you the good, solid finishes. He's going to be up in the mix. He proved last year he can win. 10-1 to 1 is, again, disrespectful to him. And I love that you picked that because, again, I, I was talk I was thinking about taking it before I jumped down to Creed with the 20-1. The to 1, but, but I think that this is a really good pick for you as well. Hey, disrespectful to him, but we'll take it. I mean, anytime the books misprice something, you got to jump all over it, so... Um, yep, and again, if they're gonna hand us gifts like this, take them. Yeah, and they haven't even—I don't—they haven't moved his line. I don't they moved. They moved end fingers, These but truck they didn't. Series lines are moving all over the place. Yeah, so. you guys hey, are betting Smith them. Is already moving too. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on with the truck series, but I don't know. You so guys get those bets in as quick as you can. I was gonna say you guys are moving the lines already. Stop, God, just hang tight. Just just wait till the <laughs> episode comes out. But uh, all right, speaking of moving lines. We're about to move a lot of lines in the NASCAR Cup You want to re recap real quick? Oh, see, that is why you are a great man. I'm right. trying to add this to my notes. I don't, again, a lot of people rely on your recap. Rob. I guess so. All right, well, I'm going to recap both the trucks and Xfinity so far. Let's yes. do that. So get your pen and paper out. We're going to go over both the trucks and the Xfinity bets uh, where Cody started you out with Ty Majeski over Ben Rhodes at minus 125. I gave you my actual favorite Canadian, Stuart Friesen, over Carson Hosevar at minus 110, and then Cody followed that up with Zane Smith over Corey Heim at minus 130. I told you Zane Smith was going to finish inside the top three at plus 150, and then Cody gave you Chandler Smith at plus 750 to win, 
and Parker Klingerman as his long shot at plus two, uh, 2,500. And I told you Grant Enfinger was going to take it home at plus 600 now. Uh, but keep an eye on that as well. Moving over to the Xfinity Series. Uh, Cody and I both love us some Noah Gragson. He's picking Gragson to finish top three at minus 125. And I'm telling you, he's going to finish over Justin Allgaier at minus 105. And then Cody said Austin Hill's going to finish over Sam Mayer at minus 105 where I countered with Riley Herbst over Daniel Hemrick at minus 110. Cody actually thinks Allgaier can win this race at plus 300, but if he doesn't, then Sheldon Creed can do it at plus 2,000, where right in the middle, I'm going to give you the dinger to win at plus 1,000, because that is where my heart is at. And so that is your recap of the truck and the Xfinity races Let's go to the Cup Series after the break. But before we do, let me tell you that you are that person that runs your pool in your office, right? And you're tired of all of the hassle that comes with it because you don't have an efficient way to do it right now. Maybe you're new. Maybe you're doing it for years and you've been doing it inefficiently all this time. Stop. Use Run Your Pool. And Run Your Pool is actually introducing a RYP VIP. It's a brand new subscription service from Run Your Pool that helps you get an extra edge against the books, plus exclusive access to real money pools. Entry to our exclusive week one and week two pools with guaranteed $5,000 payouts, as well as our season-long pool with a guaranteed $100,000 payout. Get access to exclusive data to help you with your weekly game picks. You get premium content like in-depth guides for how to dominate your pools and exclusive swag. Top line is that if you're a serious sports fan, you are going to use this. Use promo code SGP and VIP at HTPP slash runyourpool.com slash VIP. Get 50% off your first month of Run Your Pool VIP. That's code SGP and VIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP. I used to have about a thousand tabs open across every single device that I could open a tab on. Sometimes I would go next door and grab my neighbor's phones and computers so that I can open tabs on theirs while doing my research to give you bets and give you lines and give you all of the information that you need in order to win money week after week. My neighbors are thanking me because I've discovered oddstrader.com. Why are they thanking me for that? Well, because with OddsTrader.com, I don't got to go grab their computers and their tablets and their iPhones and whatever else they got because I can open one tab on my computer and have everything I need to give you all of the pertinent information you need to place your bets week in and week out. You can compare odds from all the major sports books. Plus, you can compare the different sign-up codes even and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. You also get player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, Look, everything you need to make the most informed bets possible. You get handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores. You can even do bet tracking across all of the different books so that way you can keep track of all your bets. Throw that spreadsheet away. You don't need it anymore. Just use oddstrader.com. Oddstrader.com slash bluewire is where you want to go. Oddstrader, it's the number one site for all of your game day bets. All right, we are now moving our attention to the big boys, where this is it, Cody. This is the final race of this first round, the elimination round. I just talked about it in the in-between media back road. I, I mean, we have seen 
some insanely aggressive racing with these guys so far. We've seen all hell break loose on several fronts. This week's going to be no different. And now we're condensing the racing surface. So God help us all on Saturday night as we watch this race because as much as we handicapping this is, has been you know fun, I don't know that I've even got it right at all, to be honest with you, from what we've seen so far. Well, it, we're going to see craziness here. I mean, last year, this race, one of the most exciting races we'd seen in forever. You had Kevin Harvick cost Chase Elliott uh, the lead after he had been dominating the race. Then Kevin Harvick is dominating and Chase Elliott multiple laps down cost Kevin Harvick. And then they get in a fight after the race and everything just was crazy. And that's what's going to happen when you get to these close races and this is a tough one. Like a lot of times when we get to these cutoff races, there's like two guys, maybe even three at the bottom of the, the pile that aren't going to make it unless they get a win. Like right now you've got uh, Daniel Suarez, six to the good Tyler Reddick, two to the good Austin Sindrick, two to the good Kyle Bush, only two to the bad Austin Dillon, only three to the bad Chase Briscoe, only nine to the bad. Now Kevin Harvick is 35 down. So he mathematically can get in, but he's probably going to need a win. But these other two, three, six guys throughout the night are going to be in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, in the playoffs, out of the playoffs. These other guys aren't safe. If an Elliott, if a Larson, if a Chastain has the issues, they could fall out. Like there is going to constantly throughout the night, you're going to see that playoff board updating and it's going to be this guy's in. Now this guy's out. That guy passed this guy. It's going to be races throughout the field that are going to determine who makes it to the next round potentially take out someone who could have been a champion or potentially squeeze someone in who ends up being the champion it's so very important every point is going to count they're going to be racing hard at the end of stages because stage points count towards that you're going to need those stage points they are going to be so important it's going to be just crazy racing throughout the night 500 laps is a lot of times to go around in a circle and it's under the lights makes it that much more intense, man. Again, I'm, I'm excited every week, especially this season, but another one that's going to be almost guaranteed just a good show because of everything that's on the line, where it's at, at night, it, it all aligns perfectly. If you don't have goosebumps, just thinking about what you're about to watch on Saturday night, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this show. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, but yeah, well, let's give you some goosebumps with the bets that we're about to lay out for you. And uh, hopefully you find some that you like and that you can, you can tail as well. Yeah. And again, Saturday night, don't forget that. Make sure you get your bets in. Don't, don't look for it on Sunday. Um, but the first one I have, Bubba Wallace is matched up with Christopher Bell. And Bubba Wallace side of this is plus 205. I, I don't really know what I'm missing here. I get that Bell has done well lately, but uh, Bubba Wallace just won last week. Like what, what? What? I don't. What the hell is going on here? I don't. I don't get where they're coming from in this matchup. It, it makes no sense to me. Christopher Bell is minus 260 on his side of this matchup. He is not that much better. This is completely mispriced now if these guys were close on odds you know minus 110 either way i don't know that i would take bubba in this but at plus 205 yes you have to give me bubba in this it doesn't matter bubba has run just as good as bell has 
lately. Yes, Bell has been consistent the last couple of races. He's the only driver who's locked himself into the next round on points already. The only guy who has nothing to worry about um, when it comes to Saturday night. He's already in the next round. Bubba, not in the playoffs, but he's in the drivers play, or in the the owners' playoffs and all that. He's already locked into the next round as well. But but Bubba has shown us lately they've been on a tear. That's why we were on him last week. Not only the performance they had at Kansas in the spring, but the way he'd been running, and he was disrespected last week at twenty to one. He's being disrespected this week at plus two hundred five in this head to head. Even if you lose this by Bell beating him by a couple spots, there's too much value not to take this. Too many things that could go wrong for Bell. Whenever a matchup is this lopsided, you almost have to just take it because there's so many variables, and these guys are not light years away from each other. They're not. It's not Kyle Busch or Denny Hamlin versus Bubba Wallace. Then yeah, maybe you're going to think about it a little more because Denny Hamlin's been doing so good lately. But but Christopher, I don't I don't understand this. I don't want to pick on Christopher Bell this week, but based on his head to heads, I'm going to. Because they just don't make sense, and I don't, I don't understand what's going on this week. But yeah, Bubba over Bell plus two hundred five, way too juicy to pass up on. Two out of the last three times on this track, Bubba Wallace has finished well above Christopher Bell, and the one time it didn't happen, Christopher Bell, Christopher Bell finished ninth. Bubba Wallace finished tenth. So, uh, just more to your point and, and backing that up. Bell was in better cars in those races, like. Bubba is now in the 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 twenty three eleven car. Like it's a bet, I guess not last year, but the other two races. So it, it just it doesn't make any sense. Yep. I mean, I like it again, Bubba, the hot hand right now. So I, I'm definitely riding him as well. Speaking of hot hands, how about the guy that finished second to him last week? And that is his car owner, Denny Hamlin. I'm picking Denny Hamlin in this case to actually start on the pole. It's a kind of a crazy bet, but at plus six hundred. This is, this is something where I, I like the value in this plus 600 to start on the pole. He has done so four times in his career uh, at Bristol, the, the most recent of which was 2019 where he started in the pole and won the race. So I, I like that as well. Um, but last year he started second here from the grid, finished ninth. So, you know, again, Hamlin, you're going to make a, a much larger case for him about how he's going to run the race, but I think he's going to start the race in front, given the fact that now, all of a sudden, Denny Hamlin woke up. Somebody somebody shook the, the dragon. Somebody poked the bear. Somebody did whatever else sort of hypothetical and, and metaphorical we can talk about to wake him up, but he's awake now, and everybody is starting to take notice of that 11 car, uh, where maybe earlier this season they were not. But, yeah, Denny Hamlin's putting a strong case together for being one of the better drivers heading into this next round of the playoffs. And I mean, again, his, his record at Bristol four poles uh, and, and a second place fit or start last season. I think he's got a very good shot at putting his, his number 11 uh, on the pole this weekend. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm big on Denny right now. I've been big on him the last couple of weeks. going to keep riding him this week. I like that. I also like him to finish in the top five minus minus one twenty. We have seen him just be, good week in and week out lately they showed the speed early this season we're not getting the results that was when we were fading him now they've got the speed now they've got the results he's putting full races together he's the favorite to win this race at plus 650 it was hard for me not to pick him i did not pick him as my winner but it was hard to do because 
I expect him to be good. He's been good at this track. He's won here twice. He's got 10 top fives, 15 top tens at this track. Um, and, and again, the last two two races here on the, the concrete surface, 9th and 21st, not the best, but 2020, he did have a fifth place here. 2019, he finished fifth and first. Um, he, he's shown he can get it done here. And the way that he's been running lately, the way that he's been charging with the playoffs, we saw it from him last year when the playoffs kicked in. Um, and I just, I'm really big on Denny Hamlin. He doesn't need to win to move into the next round. So he can run a little bit safer as long as he's up there in the top five at the end. Um, at minus 120, another one that's it's too good to pass up on. You know, like we said, I mean, it's just at this point, the fade Fenny, the fade Fenny, fade Denny was fun, right? But anymore, you just can't do it if you want to try to win some money because he's 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 just done very very well for you lately and and actually cashing some tickets. So um, I definitely like Denny as a top five option because we like I said, if he starts from the pole, he's shown that he can win from the pole. So uh, you know, it's definitely. A good bet there. All right. Well, I'm going to move over. My first head-to-head matchup is actually going to be uh, Austin Dillon over Chase Briscoe. Both of these uh, playoff drivers really running into some serious issues over the last few races. You look at where Chase Briscoe's finished. Just, I mean, just even now. I mean, you look at back the last top ten finish he had was in Charlotte uh, in race number 14. He has not been anywhere near that. I mean, maybe a 13th place finish at Kansas last week, but again, 27th at Darlington, 31st at Daytona, 25th Watkins Glen, uh, 23rd at Richmond. I don't even want to continue to read it because it just it's a dis- it's depressing. Uh, whereas Dylan, not much better. I mean, you're not reading the same sort of horror story, but at the same time, you're you're definitely reading a, a PG-13 version of it, where 14th at Kansas, 17th at Darlington. He won Daytona, obviously, 17th at Watkins Glen, 16th at Richmond, 13th at Michigan. Yeah, you got to go back to Pocono for his latest top t- or uh, his top 10 before that. But, again, we've watched Austin Dillon run better laps than I think Chase Briscoe because Chase Briscoe has been finding himself in just a ton of trouble uh, as of late. And so I- I'm kind of skeptical to go with Briscoe. And, and I think he's probably going to be one of the drivers that's actually uh, eliminated from this round. So, again, it's just tough to, to watch Briscoe and know that uh, you're not really getting the type of performance that you like out of that 14 car, despite the fact that it's a, a playoff driver. So, Plus, he's only got one start here as a cup driver. He finished 13th, and you look at what Dylan has done. Uh, he had a 15th place finish last season, 12th and a 6th. So his last three races have been a, a sort of mixed bag, but in and around where Briscoe was and, and given where he's driving now, I, I like Dylan over Briscoe. Dylan's a plus 100 in this one, so that's even better. There are some really sexy plus odds head-to-heads this week. I, I love this one as well. We've seen it all season from Dylan. He kind of runs a little bit farther back, not really that great. Then all of a sudden at the end, he's just in these races uh, and doing well. He, he did it a couple weeks ago for us at Daytona, cashing that 30-1 to 1 ticket to win. He's made us some money. But, yeah, you you hit it on the head with uh, Briscoe. He was very impressive to open the season. It was like all of a sudden, like, wow, he's really figured this new car out. He's got it going. He wins at Phoenix. He's in the playoffs. 
and then crickets. We've not heard anything from him lately, and I don't expect to hear anything. I'd be surprised if he makes it into the next round. I think he's only as close as he is because so many guys have had issues. Um, and I just I don't see anything from him this week. So I love this one as well um, from you. My next one, again, plus odds. Kevin Harvick and Christopher Bell are matched up together. Christopher Bell side of things, minus 120. The Kevin Harvick side of things, plus 100. Again, something just does not equate here. I don't understand the Bell love. Bell has made four starts here in the Cup Series. Now, he did score a ninth place and an 11th place in that 95 Levine racing car, which for some reason always did good at this track. Matt DiBenedetto ran well here in that car as well. Just weird, but his one start here in the Joe Gibbs car, he finished 29th in 2021, and his final race in the Levine car here in 2020, he was uh, 28th. So not great finishes from him, not great performance here. Again, I don't understand the love. I get he's been consistent the last few races, Mostly he stayed out of trouble. Now he did look good at Kansas last week. There was a point in time where you thought he could win that race. Yes. But when you're matching him up against some of these guys, Kevin Harvick, Bristol is one of his playgrounds. Like the last three races here, Kevin Harvick has finished second, first, and third. <laughs> like that's, that's pretty damn good. Three straight top three finishes here. Um, Harvick's won here three times. Again, one of these tracks that he just performs really well on. Just going back through his his finishes here, you know, second, first, third, like I said, got a you know an eleventh, okay, a 39th, but then again, you, you got to run here seventh, eighth, third, first, seventh, second. Like he gets finishes here. We've talked about it all season. He's one of those guys that you're almost guaranteed to get a good finish from him, unless something goes wrong, like it did last week at Kansas, and we saw that. Now, the one downside you could say to this is he might be going all out and just trying to win this race, but Kevin Harvick is smart. Kevin Harvick knows what he needs to do. They're going to things. If they can get him up front, get a bunch of stage points. I mean, if he can win the first two stages or finish second, third, and get those points, and guys start dropping out, having issues, and falling back, they're going to know the math. They're going to be able to figure it out, and I just, they're so smart. It's also Rodney Childress, Rodney Childers, his crew chief, it's his 600th career crew chiefing, whatever, start this weekend. So one of those big milestones, those always end up being stories, it seems like. Uh, another guy that it was hard not to pick to win this week, Kevin Harvick, because I really like him. Um, his odds have come down from where we've seen him lately. He is 9-1. to one. I still do like that. Not my pick to win, but I think we're going to get a solid performance from him. And again, plus money. Why is he plus money against Christopher Bell? And I don't have some vendetta against Christopher Bell this week. It's just I don't understand the lines and why he's so much favored in these head-to-heads, and I'm just going to fade him and hope he gets out of the race early and cashes these easily or something. Well, I mean, look, everybody knows my soft spot for Kevin Harvick. I can't argue against Kevin Harvick. I won't argue against Kevin Harvick because part of me really does feel like he's going to go out and win this race. So uh, obviously not my pick to win either on paper – but it would not break my heart to see Kevin Harvick go out and win this race because, again, for the futures bets that we got on Kevin Harvick, definitely want that to happen as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's just a tough 
It's a tough situation for Harvey because he's going to have to go out and he's going to have to run this race, and that means he might be a little more aggressive than need be. But I still think you're right. He's going to finish over Christopher Bell. And and I got, like I said, truth be told, I kind of feel like he's going to win this race. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, I, oh, man, I know. You need know. to put a second winner in there, Rod. You just need to pick him because okay, I really feel that way too. Like It feels like it was so hard not to pick him because it feels like a Kevin Harvick week. Like. Fine. Uh, I think we need to add it to the list. This is this is the the combined pick of the week. We're both giving you Kevin Harvick nine to one to win this race because it's too good to pass up, and it just it's got Kevin Harvick vibes written all over it. After what happened last year, here after the way he's been this season, we got to add it in there because Kevin Harvick uh, nine to one is it is too good to pass up on. Okay, so we'll add that to both. We'll, uh, for the first ever combined winner for this race is Kevin Harvick at plus 900. Uh, but let me move over to my bet before we get to our actual winners, uh, which is uh, Chase Elliott as a top three. I'm going to tell you right now, the stats will not back this up. The stats for him, especially at Bristol, do not back this up. In 11 starts, five top tens, three top fives. His last race here was a 25th place finish. Uh, Cody already touched on what happened there. Uh, he finished 7th the year before, 22nd the year before that, 5th. He's only had one top three finish in his entire career as a cup driver at Bristol. Well, then why am I calling him out as a, a top three finish? Well, first of all, it's plus 200 as a top three. I like plus 200 for Chase Elliott because he needs this race. He went in with probably the big, and, and we talked about it on the, one of the betting shows. They locked his odds to move on to the second round of the playoffs. He was so far ahead of everybody. Everybody was convinced that he was going to be the guy to move on to the second round that they didn't even let you bet on it. Of course, the last two weeks have happened, right? And now everything's come crashing down to earth for this nine team as they realize that their postseason is on the line right here. So a top five, not going to give him a warm and fuzzy. A top 10, certainly not going to give him a warm and fuzzy. Will it move him on? Probably, right? I mean, he's, he's got a little bit of leeway, but not a lot. So Chase Elliott, a lot like Kevin Harvick that we just talked about, has everything on the line right now. And it's not just a good, solid finish that he needs. He needs a convincing finish in order to be able to make him and his team believe that when they make it to the second round, they can compete because another bad outing, even a top 15, is not good enough for this team. So they need a top three finish. So you better believe that whatever they're going to do, they're going to go out and make that car a top three car. And acts of God will have to keep them away from the top three this time uh, in order to do uh, cash this bet. But, you know, again, this, this is Chase Elliott's probably last chance before the second round to prove that he's been the dominant driver that he's been. Remember that string where he was either finishing first or second? I mean, that's not that long ago. We're not that far removed from that Chase Elliott. So can he show up again here at Bristol, even though he hasn't really done it in the past? He's a good enough driver. I think he can. Yeah, and actually, I think that maybe you're not even giving him enough credit for what he has done here. Yes, he finished 25th here last year. Yes, every time somebody talks about this race last year, oh, Chase Elliott cost Kevin Harvick the win, and that's all they say. They don't tell you that Chase Elliott led 129 laps and Kevin Harvick put him into the wall before Chase Elliott came back and cost Kevin Harvick the win. So, yes, he finished 25th here, but he was easily the best car early on. 
he's going to be driving that beautiful Hooters car that always looks so good under the lights. Um, he finished seventh here in 2020. And also in 2020, they ran the all-star race at Bristol. He won that race. So, yes, not a points-paying win. It's not an official career win, but it's still a win at the track competing against other guys. Obviously, some things were different and stuff in that, but he's gotten it done. He's got a top three in 2018. He's got a top five in 2019. The way he's been running in this new car, especially on oval tracks, he's been good. It pained me not to have any bets on him this week, and I'm probably going to find a way to get some stuff on him later on in the week because he's just been so consistent. He's been so good. They are 28 points to the good going into this race. He sits in seventh place. That's a somewhat decent cushion, but they know they need to run a good race. They need to avoid trouble. They need to get stage points. Look for him to run up front all day. A top three, especially getting it at these odds um, at plus 200. This is another great one I really like. Um, and, uh, yeah, I fully back this one. I think we're going to see a good race from Elliott again. He, he proved last year. I mean, he led 129 of the laps before he got stuffed into the wall and then was multiple laps down. And even when he was multiple laps down, he was a fast car. So it just, you know, from the wreck cost him. So I, I like this one from you as well. Jumping over to my winners. Went back and forth a little bit. Uh, all the pressure in the world is off Kyle Busch this week. He got the contract signed. You could just see the relief. You could hear it in his voice during his press conference today. This was something that was weighing so heavily on Kyle Busch. Not only is this one of the biggest free agent moves possibly in the history of NASCAR, he did a, a similar thing 15 years ago when he left Hendrick and went to Gibbs. But like he said in the press conference, he didn't have a wife. He didn't have a kid. He didn't have a race team. He didn't have all these other things to think about. All of this stuff has been keeping him up at night. He apologized to his family for not being there lately because he's been on the phone. He's been in meetings. He's been trying to figure all this out. It's done. He signed the contract. The ink is dry. He's going to RCR next week. But there's unfinished business. He wants to get a championship this year. He brought Toyota into NASCAR. He won the first ever race for Toyota and NASCAR. He has done so much for them. The Toyota president of Toyota Racing Development or whatever it was earlier this season had said they would do anything they could to keep Kyle Busch in a Toyota. Obviously, Joe Gibbs had other plans, and they kind of backed off that eventually, but they released a statement today how much they love Kyle, how nobody's going to meet what Kyle's done for them. They He's still – don't worry about – was he not going to get good equipment? No. They know he's one of the best drivers. He's He's got what it takes to win. He can get it done. He's going to have that. Now all the weight's off of him. He mentioned it in the press conference. He gets to go to one of his favorite tracks. He loves this place. He's won here eight times. He's finished second here five additional times. 13 races he's finished on the top two at this track. Um, he finished 21st here last year. But if you go back to the races before that, he had five top four finishes in a row. And then in seven of the nine races before that, he was in the top five as well. So he just always runs well here. One of his favorite places, him and his brother, has always done here, done well here. This is just their style of track. And we've seen speed from him lately. He's had some fast cars where something goes wrong. And it's almost like all the stuff that was weighing on him just creeps into the car as much as he says it wasn't or you want to think it wasn't all that weight is lifted off of him now he can just get in the car focus on the race and there's not another care in the world 
He's only there to win. I think Kyle Busch is going to get it done this weekend. I think he's going to dominate this race and lead a ton of laps. And nobody's even going to question he was the best car on the day. And at plus 800 to win this race, Kyle Busch, too good for me to pass up on. Lock it in. I love, love, love Kyle Busch this weekend. And I think he gets it done. Yeah. Can't argue <laughs> now, with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, moving on to my next bet. And I wrote, uh, I guess Google Documents doesn't let you put emojis in the document. <laughs> so I wrote in parentheses, insert puke emoji here. <laughs> because uh, despite the fact that he's retired and I do not trust him at all, Martin Truex Jr. should probably not be 15 to 1 to win this race. He's not done it before at Bristol. He doesn't have any wins here. Even his track record isn't super wonderfully great, but he's been fast lately. There's been three or four or five races he probably should have won, and he didn't. Uh, I think it's going to be another Toyota-heavy weekend. We've seen it in the last couple of races. Last week, we, we talked about that. Toyotas are going to be fast. They finished one, two, three. Um, I think they're going to be good again this weekend, and Truex... Again, last weekend, one of those fast Toyotas didn't even finish in the top three because I think he got caught for speeding or something late. But it's always been something to bite him, so I wouldn't be surprised if something bites him again. But as good as he's been, as dominant as he's been, we saw the same thing with Denny Hamlin earlier in the season where he'd have fast cars, he'd have good races, then something goes wrong, something goes wrong. Well, finally, he started getting those wins and putting it together. Martin Truex Jr., despite the fact that he's retired and I don't want to bet on him, at 15 to 1, I can't not do it at this point based on the way he's been running lately. Again, the finishes haven't been there. I'm not taking him top five. I'm not taking him top three. I'm not taking him in head to head because it's either win or last for him, it seems like. But he has the capability to win, even though I don't know that he can anymore. Uh, at 15 to 1, it, it's the value is there and he's in a good enough car to do it. I think that you have to take some Martin Trex Jr. to win this race at 15 to 1. Nothing nothing farther on down the board really jumped out to me for winners uh in this race. It just this seems like a race. I know we've had a couple races in a row and I'm not going to put it past the new winner, although Martin Trex Jr. would be a new winner. Um but nothing none of these long shot ones really jumped out to me. That was kind of as far as I wanted to go and Martin Trex Jr. is is still in a good enough equipment and a good enough driver. At 15 to 1, you got to put something on him. So Cody just basically talked himself around again. He had to re-talk himself into it. He put it on the document. I, 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 yes. Yeah. He had <laughs> All of that was me just talking myself into, <laughs> it's okay that you're saying this out loud and people are listening. <laughs> that was just Cody just trying to make sure that he knew I'm that he was doing it. I'm over here as I'm telling you all this. I uh, uh, love it. <laughs> now, listen, and that took a lot. I, I, you're a big man, Cody. I, I know that you, you took a lot for you to admit that uh, – Martin now Truex. with Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr., you know I don't just bet with my heart, okay? Yeah. If I mean, there was ever any question. <laughs> Cody, Cody's here to win you money regardless of how he feels about it. So uh, right. this is this is the dedication he brings to the table. Uh, all right, speaking of bringing to the table some dedication, I, look, I, I looked around, and just like Cody said, not a lot of these guys down the line made a lot of sense. And, yeah, we've seen some crazy stuff over the last few weeks, but we also don't want to just go around and burn money. So uh, I, I kind of went with my winner 
that was not necessarily a sexy name, but one at plus 1,500, Joey Logano, intriguing to me. Now, this is another one where the stats are not going to completely make you feel good about taking him, especially after a 17th place finish at Kansas and a 12th place finish at Daytona. But outside of that, I mean, he's had top 10 finishes at Indy, at Michigan, at Richmond, at Watkins Glen, and at Darlington, where he even started on the pole in Darlington. So Joey Logano is sneaky. And yes, he's even got a win on this track. It was covered in dirt. But he had a win on this track uh, with the dirt races. But he also has two uh, that aren't on dirt. Now, this is where you point to me and say, Rod, his last four races have been garbage here. Eh, kind of. 16th place in 2019, 21st in 2020. Followed that up in 2020 again with 11th place finish and 11th place finish in 2021. But look, over the last three races, he started third, second, third. He started seventh in 2019, fifth in 2017, eighth in 2017th so uh, again a, a string of top 10 starts between oh man you got to go back to 2011 all the way till uh true man 2018 to find a, a spot where he didn't start in the top 10 so joey logano has been good on this track has he been great no but this is another driver that can sneak through in all of the wackiness that we've seen so far and put himself in a position to where he could be around to win the race. We saw it a couple of weeks ago. He was there. Bad luck hit him. He didn't finish and, and didn't uh, win the race. But by the same token, Joey Logano was around. He was leading laps. He was uh, leading in the front. And I think this is another race that we're going to get an opportunity to see Joey kind of hang around, hang around, hang around, and wait for something to happen. And if he does... And he's there. I think he wins this race. And at plus 1,500, a lot like what Cody said about Martin Truex Jr., it's not a sexy pick. It's probably not one that you're going to feel good betting. Uh, but should he hit, a 15 to 1 is going to make you happy that, it, that you took it and that it cashed. Yeah, this is the less gross of the 15 to 1s, honestly. Um, Ford's performance has been down lately. We talked about that a little bit in the recap show last week at Kansas. Other than Harvick, he's been the one shiny point for them but logano showed us a few times this season after bad result bad result then he just pops in grabs a win and goes back to bad results another guy i wouldn't necessarily take a top five or a head-to-head -head in because you can't rely on him week to week but a guy that can win we've talked about how chaotic this race could be he's 40 points to the good in fourth place it would take a lot for him to not be able to advance on so he's just going to be running his race, staying out of trouble, not being overly aggressive. Half the field might take themselves out. You might find himself up front. He's going to be able to put himself up there potentially late. So again, at 15 to one for a guy that's fourth in the playoff standings, that's uh, you know, pretty good odds for, for a guy like that. And uh, again, not a sexy history here, but history is not everything in this new car at these tracks as well. We've seen Joey do good enough on, in this new car, he's got a couple wins. We know he can get done uh, any given week, just as random as hell his wins seem to be. So why not this week at 15 to 1? Um, yeah, I like it. Spin the roulette wheel and see where we fall. That's that's kind of where we're at. So, uh, All right, let us recap. So get your pen and paper back out as I recap the, or the uh, Cup Series race. We start with uh, Cody giving you Bubba Wallace over Christopher Bell at plus 205. Don't know where that one came from, but you'll take it. Uh, I, I'm giving you Danny Hamlin to start from the pole at plus 600. 
Love that one where uh, Cody's going to follow up with Denny. Has a top 10 finisher at minus 120. I'm going to tell you that Austin Dillon is going to finish over Chase Briscoe at plus 100. And then Cody's giving you Harvick over Christopher Bell at plus 100. I'm giving you Elliott as a top three finisher. Oh, you, I noticed you got two people over Christopher Bell. I didn't even... I didn't even notice that. I mean, I listened to it, but it didn't sink in until I just read it over. Right. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. I don't hate Christopher Bell. I just, I don't get why he's. They got such good plus odds against him. Yeah, I mean, take him. Uh, but I got Elliott as a top three finisher at plus two hundred. Uh, Cody's giving you K Kyle Busch at plus eight hundred. He's giving you Martin Truex at plus fifteen hundred. We're both giving you the first ever double stamp winner, Kevin Harvick at plus nine hundred because it feels good. And then uh, we'll wrap up the, the winner bets with Joey Logano at plus 1,500. Dish out your units however you see fit on those ones because I know we gave you a lot of winners, but, you know, you sprinkle enough and cover enough. Uh, one of those hits and you're, you're good. Um, but I like it. So hopefully you got all of that down. And if not, rewind it and get your pen and paper out and do it all over again. So, uh, all right, Cody, as we wrap up this uh, craziness that has been uh, this week's betting show. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. I share all my work there. I got a ton of it. Uh, check us out on the F1 Gambling Podcast as well. It's the two of us and our beautiful, lovely voices over there. So definitely check that out. You can follow the show as well on Twitter at NASCAR Gambling. That's indeed the correct move. I am at RJ Gomez on Twitter. Find all my work there in the link in the bio be it in between media, be it sportsbook review, be it here at the SGPN, wherever I'm at, that link will take you right to it. We come back tomorrow with some DFS. Just like Cody said, make sure you check out the F1 Gambling Podcast. It's on its own feed, folks. So if you listen to it on this feed and wondered where it went, it's on its own feed. We didn't get rid of it. Search for F1 Gambling Podcast. You will find it. Uh, we'll recap the Italian Grand Prix. We know there's no race coming up soon, but we'll definitely talk about how we did and, uh, and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, night racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Let's go racing and let it ride. Yeah.